we were actually out like downtown and of course there's like the street preachers with the picket signs and the you're going to hell and me being me i turned to the guy and was like hey we're actually about to go grab like margaritas do you want to come with <laughs> what hey guys that's mckinley i'm kelly welcome back to another episode of black and white Yay. And we're back. My first default is literally to always sing. Yeah, you do sing a lot. You actually have a really pretty voice. Do you Thank feel you. like Ariel right now with your hair and the Little Mermaid being black? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I've always felt like Ariel even before mm-hmm. mm. she was racially corrected. Corrected, <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> Oh my God. It just like kills me that people were actually up in arms. Like I actually had a friend, so I posted about it on Instagram and I had an old friend from high school message me and was like, I hate to say this, but my dad is literally one of my father, my grown ass, like late 60 something year old father is one of the, the people that's like, Ariel can't be black. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's giving, we all know it's giving Mm -hmm. little dick energy, like whatever. But your father, like, can you imagine just the disappointment you would feel if your father took it upon himself to try to sway people away from thinking that this is the right Ariel because there's a right or wrong mermaid because they exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who fucking mm-hmm. knows? I don't know, though. These aliens might be mermaids. Who knows? That'd be fucking cool. Um, Guys, I had the craziest experience with McKinley. Speaking of her um, mermaid hair, I got to go with her to like a, <laughs> like a beauty supply store in like a sketchy ass part of town in yep, San Antonio. I, I did. I introduced you to black hair, but uh-huh. I, Kelly, you can't talk about it like it's a novelty. <laughs> like, okay, like but that, it was you know for mean? me. Yes, I know. You. Yeah. I know yeah. that I can't, but like I'm that that is what it was. I felt like it was such a crazy experience. It was super fun. I feel mm-hmm. like just being I able to it. show you. You were like wide eyed and like bushy tailed throughout the whole experience. Like being I think in the I was store. just like honored to be there, you know? Yeah. It is pretty exciting when like you have like a really yummy full bank account and you walk into like the beauty supply store. Like it's just like Shit's I think it's gonna nice go to have down. a yummy full bank account at any time, any place. Yes, but you feel <laughs> it's it, it hits different when you're walking into the beauty supply. That's all mm-hmm. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. All right, like yeah. let me tell you. Um, but it was but so no, fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that I can speak for a good, um, like subset of women of color, especially Black women, in saying that your hair is such a journey, mm-hmm. like you you know and i think that given like different times in like history and different eras and what have you when like your hair reflects that era i think that it's like very interesting to look back on how people would shame still do shame black women for relaxing their hair to make Mm -hmm. it straight Mm -hmm. they shame black women for having weaves they shame black women for having uh braids it's like that's why the crown act was passed we literally had to okay now i'm like getting on a soapbox but i don't really fucking care no Um, go ahead we literally oh my god i'm getting text messages and i totally don't look at them usually no i usually silence my phone 
Did you say that? But I forgot. Yeah. Um, but it's just wild that we have to have like as a nation and as a society, we've literally had to pass a law that bans people from discriminating because of hair. That's okay. Okay. Crazy. Did not know that that existed. Yes. It's called the crown act. And what's wild Kelly is it's not even, I don't believe it's passed on a federal level. I think it's at the state level. So not even all 50 states have adopted this. Don't quote me, but I'm, I don't think not yet. I don't think. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is absolutely fascinating and devastating. Right? Like, what the f- oh my god fuck it all mm. fuck it all but yeah so that's the reality of the beauty well you look store. like a mermaid you look like a mermaid congratulations an unshowered mermaid we love to see it um <laughs> you live in the ocean you don't need a shower you right you right absolutely absolutely i feel like you and i have been in a very um similar like headspace lately and i feel like <laughs> it's like the line we can laugh blind over here no, oh my god literally blind leading the blind that is exactly that's like, what this podcast should have been called the blind leading the blind the blind leading the blind that i mean it would have been appropriate i'll tell you that much my god i'm refreshing my mimosa because priorities nice um But yeah, no, I feel like we've been in like a similar headspace, correct me if I'm wrong, like, but it's interesting because I feel like we, excuse me, if one person is feeling a certain way, like I'll have a day where I'm like really chipper and like lively and upbeat and then you're having a rough day and then vice Mm -hmm. versa. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just been really interesting to like watch how that has like, I think solidified our friendship dynamic and like, you know, it's just been really refreshing in the midst of like the chaos and I know we talked about we talked about something so fucking heavy last week on the pod that it's like I don't know I kind of like I literally just want to like physically like shake it off do it shake it shake it shake it off shake it it off um (laughs) really good right I know god moving your body Mm. um but I feel like we're just like speaking to what we know. And right now what we know is not exactly sunshine rainbows, pretty blah, blah, blah. Like we're literally two very young divorcees figuring shit the fuck out for ourselves, mm-hmm. fucking around and finding out as one would say. And I think that like, there's people in my life that have projected this like almost like glamorized version of, post-divorce life they're like oh my god like you can do whatever you want right right like you should have a roster that's like the length of a cvs receipt Mm -hmm. like all of these things but i'm like it's the fucking loneliest season of my life yes yes i'm finding that like glamour like while yes there are like elements of our lives that i think we are privileged in not Mm -hmm. being married anymore Mm -hmm. it is really it's just weird like my house even will be like quiet you know like I started uh I finished Bob's Burgers and started (laughs) back at season one season one is so much darker than like where it ends up it's crazy I highly recommend Bob's Burgers (laughs) 
the to creator. Uh, avoid the silence of divorce. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. I, I like, I blasted music. I was like getting ready to go out with friends or something. And I was like blasting music through my house. And I just remember my ex like, like fucking throwing a fit every time I did that. And granted mm. now, like in hindsight, it probably was a bit much. Like the house wasn't that big. <laughs> and I definitely had a speaker in every room because that's <laughs> how I operate and whatever. But still. I can fucking do that and I don't have to apologize or like ask anybody. Um, but yeah, it's just like the loneliness is something that I feel like people don't really think about. And of course, you know, um, that the element of like, we've talked about this, like the element of like social media coming in um, and just the realities that people don't see, you know, being behind closed doors. It's rough, you know, like I find mm -hmm. myself on a day-to-day -day basis, especially now that I'm fun employed. <laughs> fun employment week, what, four now? I don't even know. Um, I I can't just like, you know, hit somebody up in the middle of a Tuesday and be like, hey, you wanna like go get drinks? You wanna go get lunch? Like blah, blah, blah. Like just being try. able. I, <laughs> I could try. I have tried. It's not successful. Um, but I think that historically my pride has kind of gotten me in the way of admitting loneliness. And yeah. that's been really hard because, yeah. you know, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but from the outside looking in, people see us and think strong woman, you know, did what she had to do, left a marriage, uh, moved on with her life, pursued the things that she wanted to pursue is like building a life of her own, which obviously are all great Those are things. all true, but it's right. not, it doesn't feel glamorous on the day-to-day. The day-to-day -day is just really yeah. hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know, I always, this is like a very um, minimal part of it all, but I always totally give shit to my friends who like either live with a partner, are married, like have a live-in, you know, partner just at all. I'll be like, you have live-in dick. Mm -hmm. You have live in dick. You you can leave the dinner early and go home and actually like have something to look forward to. I leave the dinner early. I go home and it's like, okay, what now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm not a person that you know crochets. I don't. I have hobbies, but they're not. What are your hobbies? I feel like I don't have any hobbies. Like I'm stuck in like yeah. hobbyless land and having way too much time on my hands but mm -hmm. there's nothing that i like really want to commit to right like what are you what are your hobbies well as lame as it sounds the first one that comes to mind i've always been a reader i love reading but lately i think in the past probably year or so i haven't given as much time to you know diving into the books the long list of books that I have in my house, one, and two, that I want to read and want to, you know, um, yeah. kind of dive into. And then two, I really love like design, architecture, interiors. That's my thing. Um, but I think my issue is I have hobbies that are expensive. Yeah, like, I, I was going to horses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was telling my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to these like new stables and ride and blah, blah, blah. She was like, what? Like you're prioritizing that right now? I was like, yes, for the sake of my my mental well-being, I what? need to like, I need to do something. I need to have something to look forward to. I'm even in so therapy. proud of you for doing that, for riding Thank horses. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
even in therapy the other day, my therapist was like, um, so, you know, I was just dumping on her as we do, you know? Yes. And she was like, um, so what do you have to look forward to? And I stopped and I was like, shit. Yes. That is exactly the feeling that hit me this week when I was driving home from work was like, I don't really have anything to look forward to at the end of my day. And I don't Mm -hmm. really have anything that I'm looking forward to in life. Right. If I'm being honest, which is so sad. And I was thinking like, well, find something to look forward to. And I'm like, I'm too tired. Like I'm just trying to get through the day. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to get over that hump. But I also, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I have very much been in the place personally where you're going, going, going. You are look for you're looking forward to so much that you don't have the capacity or the time to just enjoy your own company, to just sit in and like be in the present. In the present and sit in the loneliness and really grieve it. Um yeah. and so I think because for the past honestly, I can confidently say probably three years, I have been going, going, going. There was always a trip I was going on. Someone was coming into town. I was moving. I was, um, you know, looking forward to finishing a project, a major project at work, just like all of these things kind of amalgamated. So I always had something to look forward to. Mm. But I think in that it's like my neglect of myself kind of started to to Mm -hmm. show up. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I don't have anything to look forward to, I'm forced to you know, sit in, in my loneliness and sit in the grief of like, of no longer being married, of, you know, wanting to be in a relationship, wanting to date, wanting to put myself out there, but holy shit, it's a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. And let's just say the pond is polluted. (laughs) (laughs) It's polluted. The waters are disgusting. It's giving like Galveston Beach. Oh, well, I love Galveston. It's so gross, but it's ours. I mean, me too, but it's it's like, yeah, exactly. It's so mm. gross, but it's ours. <laughs> yeah. I grew up going to Galveston all the time, like in high mm-hmm. school. I was friends with this group of guys. Like my best friend and I were friends with this group of guys, and they were all really into skimboarding. Oh, my God. Yeah. I haven't even and heard like, that word yeah yeah and we'd like go to galveston and they'd skimboard and we would lay on the beach and good times man high school kelly thrived times right i'm starting i actually was talking to someone recently and i was like did i peak previous to this point in my life i think i did no that can't be true i reject that for both of us (laughs) yeah i'm just like i do think we can learn from those like versions of ourselves though in the past that were thriving like how do we get back to that like i saw a quote recently that was like your 30s is about doing what you loved at 13 only not feeling ashamed about it and i was like that's beautiful like going um like i have been wanting to go rollerblading (gasps) oh yes like I have rollerblades and I'm so afraid to go by myself, but like, I used to love rollerblading. Um, and that's like one of those things that like, yeah, I can go rollerblade and just like listen to Taylor Swift in my headphones and have fun and not feel shame about it. Like, exactly. Why not? I think there's so much like, you know, kind of just speaking to loneliness. I think the shift of looking at your partner dead in the face and being like, Hey, let's go do this thing together. 
you know, it just makes it easier. There's almost like a yes. cushion. But now that, you know, we're single, it's like, just do the damn thing. Rip it off. I know it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I feel the same way. Um, I am loving just the roller skates mm-hmm. that have been kind of like making waves, the super mm-hmm. like colorful, cute ones. They're so pretty. Um, they're so pretty. And I'm like, I was so always girly. a rollerblader. Right? Yes. And I just like, hello, feminine era, soft girl era. Okay. <laughs> Like you're in your hello. roller skates era, right? I want to glide, honey. I don't want my feet to touch the ground. I want to <laughs> glide, okay, on those skates. So I'm just gonna, I might just treat myself to some, but my thing is like, I don't need to go crazy. Again, the hobbies, my hobbies are expensive and I know myself and I'll be like, what's the prettiest ones? And they'll be the most expensive and I'll just back down and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, maybe we'll start slow pick up a new book and then yeah yeah we can start with reading <laughs> right we'll start with reading something you know accessible easy readily available all that no so. i love that you circled back to hobbies though because i feel like that's kind of what a hobby is right is something to look forward to yeah like, someone if someone loves crocheting they're like i can't wait to go home and like crochet at the end of my day i don't have right. something like that i feel like the closest thing i have to it is yoga but really, yeah. I think of yoga more as like exercise that I should do mm. because it makes me feel better versus like, I really, I just can't wait to go do yoga. You know, like I don't yeah. feel that way about it. I don't think that you have to, but I think that if it's something that you want to be able to say, oh, hey, I am, um, you know, driving home from work, I'm listening to, you know, music or a podcast on the way home and you're like, holy shit, I'm so excited to just like unplug for like an hour and Mm. just do a quick flow. I just, I wonder if, you know, go to a quick yoga studio or do it by yourself in your apartment. I just, yeah, I just wonder what that could look like for you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. I'll have to ask me about this next week when we record, if I did any of these things. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I need like, I feel like I need just like a tiny little ounce of accountability in my life. I think I kind of like rejected accountability post Christianity. Like I was so tired of everyone being in my my shit all the time. And like, yeah, um, I'm like, no, but I I do need a little bit of accountability just to get me out That's so interesting that you say that because it's like, we're talking about like the loneliness that you face when you're newly single after having been married and- it is interesting. Like I think back to the days of the church and ugh, literally my stomach turns when I even say that. And I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be like nasty. Cause I think I was thinking about this last night. Wait, why does like, your stomach turn? What it like, well, let me, let me, I'm going to think okay. out loud. Cause I haven't really okay. processed it. Um, okay. but last night I was thinking about, I was like making dinner and I was thinking about it and I just was like, I want people to be able to do what they want. Like if they want to go to church, if they want that, like their faith to look a certain way or, you know, whatever. My, I literally, this is funny sidebar. I have a really dear friend of mine who, I don't know how this happened. I actually don't know the story behind it, but she is an active member of like the Satanist temple. (laughs) What is it? I don't know. It's hilarious. She literally is a, I thought you were going to say. Yeah. It's fucking funny. She's She's like a card holding, but she doesn't identify as a Satanist. She just does it to spite Christians. 
to be in the house of satan like i just <laughs> <laughs> wait this tithe i don't fucking know i don't i'll ask her you know what maybe we can have her on here and we can talk That'd about be amazing i would love Satanism. to talk to her but what's funny is i don't think she knows anything about it i think she literally just was approached by one of them one day and was like oh sure that's hilarious and so we were actually out like downtown and of course there's like the street preachers with the picket signs and the you're going to hell and me being me i turned to the guy was like hey we're actually about to go grab like margaritas do you want to come with us and his response was yeah because that's who i am i'm just like i want to talk to you i want to understand what's going through your mind and of course he looks me dead in the eye and it was the weirdest response he goes oh no sorry i don't get drunk and i'm sober as ever walking down the street would not have been able to walk in the shoes I was wearing if I wasn't sober. And I looked at him and I said, you can have one margarita. I'm going to open my legs. You. <laughs> you, I was like, you can have a margarita without getting drunk. And he looked, I looked back at him and I was just like, that was like extremely rude the way you just said that. I didn't say that, but my face did. And he was like, oh, he like backed down. I was like, stop being like, you are the problem. Literally. Anyway, but my friend, the reason I bring that up is because she, she, my friend showed her Satanist temple card to the guy with the pickets. <laughs> oh, that's a flex. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God. Like, no, I it dealt with so a lot of bitterness, funny. like post leaving the church. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, like I, I still very much struggle to relate to the people in my life that are still Christians. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I, it has been like an active journey, like softening my heart towards people. Um, That phrase, Kelly. No, but, but truly like, I feel like I felt very like hardened towards everyone that was like still claiming to be Christian. And um, like, I'm getting better now, but um, man, it is just really, it is really, really hard. It's interesting because I feel like maybe someone from the outside looking in could say, oh, well, you're lonely. You're craving, you know, connection with people, which despite not being in the church anymore, despite not calling myself, excuse me, I always fucking burp when we record because I'm drinking. Yeah, because you're drinking bubbles. Of course you are. (laughs) But I think that there's like my toxic trait is thinking that I'm above the burps, like thinking that I can drink bubbles and not burp. I feel like it's it's fine. You can keep burping. Keep yeah, they're flowing. soft. They're soft, like dainty burps. And you're like, oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> anyway, oh, I know I hated that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, church, I was saying. Like, no, no, no. Advise. I was just saying exactly. That's how they get people to like come into it. Any sort of organization that is looking for support in the sense of the church and i i hate to say this but i was um i was i finished watching uh stolen youth the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
what is the name of the Sarah Lawrence College? I don't know why I always want to say Sarah Anderson College. It's bizarre. Sarah Lawrence <laughs> College, like the sex cult that you know came about, blah blah blah. Obviously, recommend. Um, is it on Hulu? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna watch that. It's amazing. Um, but it was interesting because as I was watching it, I saw similar patterns between you know, this cult leader and how he kind of quote unquote recruited people and um, the way that the church in our experience has recruited people, drawn them in. And it's like, okay, I see that you are meek. I see that you are lacking in self-esteem. I'm going to prey on that. And we've talked about this, but it was really interesting to see it outside of the lens of the church. Um, and then it just got my wheels turning because, you know, and like I was saying earlier, I think that if someone were looking at it from the outside, looking in, they could obviously, they could argue, you know, um, well, you're lonely and you just went through this major, you know, uh, life change. Why don't you seek out something, a community like the church? And it's like, that is exactly what they do. That's exactly how they operate yeah. in like yeah. going because after people, people who are- want to belong. Yes, we want yes. to belong desperately. And the church is like, okay, you can belong here. Like, it's one of the reasons I stayed for so long. And I'm like, oh, really yeah. struggling to feel like a sense of belonging. But going back to the church is not the answer for me at all. Absolutely not. Not for me either. Jesus. God, I think that if I, oh, I don't even know what that would look like. I, um, actually got invited to church recently. I don't know if I told you. Oh my gosh. No, you didn't tell me that. (gasps) I got invited to church. um, And I think, God, there's so much to unpack there. I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I was expressing, I was in a group of women and it was all black women. We were doing like a promo thing, Mm -hmm. which was incredible. That's cool. Um, And I it was like a very subtle invite, but it was an invite nonetheless. Like it was like a group message, a few of just like a small group of us, like three or four. Um, and this really incredible woman that I just met, like slid her church's like URL, like website URL into the group chat. And I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm not even gonna, you know, give this attention obviously, but you know, if other people in the group do like more power to them. Um, but I, I just kind of thought to myself, like, it's so interesting. And we've talked about this, like the whole winning souls thing, like everywhere mm-hmm. you go, your mind is supposed to be focused on winning salvation. souls mm-hmm. and salvation and all of these things. And I think the older I get, Cal, if I'm being totally transparent and the more clarity that I have and the more I learn and the more I um, seek understanding, like deep within myself, it's like, I don't buy it. It just doesn't fucking make sense. Like the idea, and I don't, I'm not going to get on a soapbox. I'm going to really try not to. It's okay. Um, This is our podcast. This is just one big soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Soap away. (laughs) True. True, true, true. Um, I just don't fucking buy it. I don't buy the, the details of the gospel. And the thing is like, I know the Bible forward Mm. to back. Um, actually I forgot about, it's funny. I forgot about Ezekiel the other day and somebody <laughs> mentioned him and I was like, who the fuck was he again? I don't remember whatever, but I'm like, I'm suppressing it all. Yeah. Um, but mm. I literally, like, I know that I know 
the doctrine, I know every, everything. Yeah. And I think that in order to make an educated decision to leave, I needed to know all of that stuff. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. You know, someone invites me to church, I'm not going to go off on them and be like, well, this is what I believe in, blah, 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 like whatever. I'll just be like, thank you for the invitation, but I politely decline. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, it's just wild to me. Yeah. So anyway, back to what I was saying. I don't buy it. I don't buy if it. people can invite us to church, can we invite people to not go to church? But what do we have to offer? <laughs> <laughs> We have to incentivize people. Mimosas. I don't know. <laughs> no, because I've drank all of them. Damn it. Oh, man. Leaving church is such a complicated subject. I, like, got into some sticky situations um, with friends just over my, like, bitterness towards Christianity. And I think, for me, it's, like, so complicated because, like, so I shared about my um, like sexual assault story in the last podcast. And like, when I, like, I feel like, um, the suffering that I went through was like, because of Christianity, like, because, mm. and so to me, it almost feels like to still be in the church is like to be friends with my abuser, which I realize mm, yeah. is very dramatic and like, not a, a fair way to look at it, but it is kind of how it feels in my body. Right. Like right. that doesn't feel safe to me and you're like still associating with it. And it's like, it's, yeah, I'm just, I'm very much still healing from all of that and learning how of to course. be friends with people that are still in the church. But I also think I'm so far removed from it at this point. Like I haven't been to mm -hmm. church in a long time and, um, I have a, a really good friend um, that I was friends with in college. We met like at Impact at A&M, which is like a Christian incoming retreat for freshmen and like lived together in college. Like our whole friendship was based on Christianity. And but she's been one of the most loyal friends in my whole life. And I like struggled with how to like maintain that friendship. And it's it's mm -hmm. me. It's not her. And I feel like one of the things that she's made me realize is like, hey, I've like she's like, hey, I've evolved too. Like I don't believe the same things that I believed when we were a freshman and when we were freshmen in college. Like my beliefs right. have evolved. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I don't give like Christians enough credit for that. For like, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. everyone is stuck in what I used to believe in. And that's not really fair. I think that's like very um, incredible of you to say all that you just said, because I have had really tough conversations with friends who are still in the church. Well, granted, a specific friend who I'm very close to still, I'm in her wedding in December. Um, and she is very Catholic and mm. I'm going to literally be in a church not just a church, a Catholic church wedding mass. Oh my gosh, you're going to be a bridesmaid in a Catholic wedding. Yeah. And I have mixed shoes. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be standing a long time. I, I just have so many, like, I obviously am going to support her in whatever she does. Um, but I think that we've made it very clear, like even throughout our friendship, most recently, we don't have the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I think it is hard, much like you were just saying about your friend, 
and I think this kind of like maybe is a part of, of what breeds the loneliness that I've been feeling. Mm. Um, and you know, she was basically just, I basically went to her and I was like, okay, there's so much to unpack. I just like, can't even, um, but even, you know, if we're having conversations, for example, let me just even start there she'll use phrases like, well, pray for me, or mm. like, praise mm. God that this happened this way. Like, she uses the word like divine providence in relation to like Christ. And I'm just like, dude, no. How'd you guys become friends? The cult, the college cult. Oh. That shall not be named. Okay. Yeah. Which was a, Christ so a through Christian the organization. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. Um long skirts and infinity scarves for days. Um, anyway, yeah. Long skirts, infinity scarves, and pregnant at 20 for days. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, we've had really hard conversations where she's like, McKinley, I feel like you berate me for my faith. And if I'm being honest, I, I looked at her and I said, I never want that to come off as I berate you for your faith. I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe, I think that you are, you know, wasting your breath in certain situations. I think you're wasting your energy in certain situations. Um, you know, she's like canceled plans to like go to mass. Like I've just, I've never been of that mind even when I was in the church. So I think that that compounded with me leaving the church. It's just like, I just don't want to be a part of it, you know? And it sucks to say, but I do think it's kind of driven a wedge between us because how could it not? It's yeah. Like her faith is like the number one priority and she's marrying a very devout Catholic man. And I just, our lifestyles are so different mm -hmm. and I'm never going to shame someone because their lifestyle is different. So I hope that's not, you know, what this is coming off as, but I will, I feel like I have to distance myself from it to a certain extent to protect myself mm -hmm. from like spiraling, you know? Um, yeah. Because it's triggering. Yeah. It is very triggering. And I don't like even the language that you were talking about that she uses, like, it's just, it's really hard to voluntarily put yourself back in that world. Right. And I, it, it also sucks. Cause I don't think she fucking cares. You know, she will mindlessly say, like, this has happened again, like, pray for me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bitch, I haven't prayed in so long. <laughs> Not in the she way that you're- that to you directly? Yeah. Like, just in, like, a one-on-one -on -one text? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm like- That, to me, feels like she's not really respecting your beliefs. Well, yeah. It does feel that way sometimes. Um, it's like respect is a two-way street. Exactly. I just- I think that's why it's so hard for me to be with- friends with Christians mm -hmm. at this point is because I feel like I was a Christian for so long that I know what they are thinking about me. Right. I know they're like, poor little lost Kelly. Right. Like, let's pray for her to come back into the fold. Right. And like, I just, I can't stand being thought of like that. Right. But I also know the reality of what it means to be a Christian and what you believe as a Christian. Exactly. Like, ah, like, it is so, so complicated. I feel like we could actually talk about all of this for eight hours straight. Yeah. There's <laughs> so much to unpack and there's so much like personal feeling that we could speak to. Um, 
But it's, it's wild because kind of going back to loneliness, I would rather face the loneliness that I have faced in the past, like several months specifically over and over and over again, than go back to the Christian community. Same. 100% same. Like I can confidently say that. And it scares me because it's like, shit, I really was not in a good place, but because I had low self-esteem because I had a very naive like outlook on the world because I was, um, you know, somewhat of a people pleaser and because white Jesus was supposed to be, you know, Lord and savior. It's, it's so Mm. it's fucked, I think, but you know, it's, um, it's crazy. It's, I don't know if I told you this, the, um, I think I've, I've maybe touched on it a little bit. The organization that I was a part of in college has recently gotten national attention for um, physical, sexual, spiritual, mental abuse. Um, and there's mm. now a national or national, I guess it's worldwide, <laughs> like an online forum um, <laughs> that speaks to yeah. people are able to, you know, create an account. Like it's like an old school, like MySpace uh, era forum. And people like go on, you can create like um, a username. My username is Jesus was an Aries. Yes, I'm outing myself. Because <laughs> it's all. <laughs> That's such a good username. <laughs> it was either that or Hellfire and Holy Water. <laughs> no, Jesus was an Aries. That is so you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's so, no way Jesus was an Aries. He probably was actually a Pisces, but I don't give a fuck. He was an Aries in my mind. Okay. <laughs> so here we are. Oh, I want a, so I want a t-shirt that says that Jesus was an Aries. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stuff? Like, so you engaged in like posting on the forum? Um, I haven't really had the heart to like actually post my experience because I don't want to diminish my own experience, but I think other people have suffered and sustained um, more intense trauma than, like I was, yes, spiritually abused, mentally abused. I remember when I told um, my like leadership at the time that I was leaving the cult, you know, cause I was like, something's not sitting right with me. And I started dating a guy that was outside of it. So I wanted to explore. I wanted to venture out. I was a fucking 19-year-old. Can you imagine wanting to venture out? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, I got the cold shoulder from one of, like, a girl that I was, like, extremely close to, like, one of my closest friends mm-hmm. in the organization. I remember we had this fall festival. Not Halloween, though, because Jesus <laughs> not like that. Um, <laughs> we had this fall festival, and I – I saw, I was dressed up. We're all dressed up. It's like on this big property. It was super fun. But I remember walking up to her and seeing her and being like, oh my God, hi. Like, how are you? She looked at me, literally turned her nose up and walked Mm. away. Mm. Said nothing. And I was with a friend of mine who I'm still friends with to this day. And we just looked at each other and I was like, you saw that, right? Like, am I crazy? She was like, "Uh uh-uh. And they just completely gave us the cold shoulder. Yeah. But they were, what, 19 too? A little bit older so i think she was like 21 22. yeah i wonder like if they were to like listen to this like if they would feel like regret for acting that way now or if they like stand by it you know like 
I wonder at like 30, how they would have responded. So it's funny that you say that because I've actually thought about it also. And I don't think, I think they would have acted differently, like maybe a lot more maturely. (laughs) Yeah, I Um, hope so. (laughs) But I don't think that they would change the sentiment Mm. behind it. I think it would be like, you're fucking up, shame on you. You Mm. are like stepping out of God's light. Like I I would Mm. bet a lot of what I have. And the reason that I say that is this specific woman um, who I will absolutely not name because I don't really, I don't care enough to, frankly. Mm. Um, She was considered mentally and spiritually abusive to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name popped up on the forum that I mentioned several times. Um, And Mm -hmm. obviously because the forum's anonymous, she, I know that she went back and looked at, you know, like started stalking people's Instagrams. I know that because she like was looking at my stories, doesn't follow me. And I'm just like, girl, where did Mm -hmm. you come from? I haven't talked to you in 10 years. Like, you know, and it's just, it's just fucking wild to me that the story behind all of this and the church at large is, oh, you're lonely. You need Jesus. Yeah. Like just default to that. And that is fucking crazy to me as though we're not humans that need to be in communion or some sort of, um, you know, like relationship with other humans. Like that's not a part. It's like, all you need is Jesus. There's nothing. It's like, what the, what in the gaslighting convoluted bullshit are we talking Mm. about? Well, and I do think that a lot of people that have said that to like me in my lifetime have had great intentions, but looking at it now, I'm like, that's the reason why I was once told by a leader when I said some things about people outside of the faith, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The Mm. irony in all of it. The irony in all of it. Oh my God. I'm throwing my hands up because I'm over it. Mm. Anyway, sorry. I, I feel like because I was always told like to turn to Jesus, I never learned how to just be comfortable with myself. Like to like, cause I think it's possible to be alone and not feel lonely. Like I think the goal is to like enjoy your own company. And Mm -hmm. I was never like, it is so painfully hard to do that. Or like, it takes so much effort to get to a place of being able to enjoy my own company now. Um, because I was so, I never learned how to do that. Right. Right. It's, Oh my God. Yeah. That takes me back to like morning quiet time. Yes, exactly. A measure of your devoutness. Like, but even that, like it's you and God, it's you and Jesus. It's not you just sitting with yourself and centering yourself before right. the day, which is really powerful. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be able to self-regulate like that. Like oh, I, yeah. I couldn't self-regulate. I self-regulated with Jesus and then Jesus right. went away and I was like, well, blah, I'm right. dysregulated all the time. Right. Right. I, I, I kind of feel the same way because I don't think I ever really subscribed to the whole, like, wake up early in the morning before your 852 roommates wake up and <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, open your Bible to whatever the Lord has put on your heart. <laughs> this voice, I can't. 
like I just what I'm trying to get at with the voice is like cheeky little like like tiny ass pastor's wife Mm -hmm. that has like a very and the Lord has like put on my (laughs) I'm sorry I just I could go on I really could I can't okay let's let's go on (laughs) I could go on anyway all of that to say um I'm over it I'm over the combating of loneliness just blanket statement Jesus I'm like what as though we're not even taught in the church to recognize that we're all unique and uniquely mm-hmm. created and woven together by whatever the fuck and whoever the fuck and like whatever. <laughs> like, it's just, I think that as I've studied, learned, grown, observed, I have realized the holes in the fucking story. There's so many holes. None of it makes sense. Every, there are elements within Christianity in this, the way that you and I experienced it that contradict each other more than they um, complement each other. Mm. And that's that on that. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like, um, like it would be like, I have absolutely no desire like to debate anyone anymore. Right. Like, I'm like, it's fine. Like, let me, just let me be, I'll let you be, let me be. Um, but I feel like for me, the reason that I left altogether, I feel like isn't because there was like a hole in the story. It's because of my trauma. Like that's mm. to me, I'm like, I can't go back because of that. Like it's not a right. safe place for me. And I've learned how to value myself and my safety and my comfort. Um, and I'm not going to do that to myself again. So I have a question to ask about that and about your trauma and about like what led you away from the church did you ever have and I literally shudder even thinking about this was there ever a person that was like if you want um to like strengthen your relationship with God you're gonna have to forgive your abuser no no not a single person told me that okay but I've known I, people to be told that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like, fuck that. Fuck that 100%. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. If you've been told that, like, Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. You don't owe, you do not owe you're an abuser an apology. But it's um, that whole idea of forgiveness, right? And like the whole idea right. of like coming together and oh god it makes me want to like rip my hair out honestly i just and it honestly it subsequently breaks my heart too because there are so many people that i feel like and i'm so passionate about this that i feel like fall victim to um i want to say organized religion but i feel like that doesn't really cover the gamut of things um and i it just it breaks my heart so anyway all that to say but then like yeah. there's so but then like you and i are on the other side of it and we're lonely like we're missing something mm-hmm. that like the church provided as dysfunctional as it was it was like there was community there was a sense of belonging right and i i can understand like why people stay oh yeah it's I am. <laughs> I know this is sticky. <laughs> I know. I yeah. Frankly, just to be candid, I almost said because it's the easier thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I, but 
Yeah. Anybody could argue that the opposite, like us leaving is the easier thing to do, you know, but (laughs) well, somebody could argue that. And sure. It's, it's, but for both of us staying would have been the easy thing to do. I probably would have unalived myself if I stayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can confidently say, um, I think that the condemnation if you will, that I faced having sex before I got married to my soon to be husband. Um, and just all the shit that I dealt with around that, that was like the final straw for me. Mm. So that was, yeah. Yeah. Talk about loneliness. It's like finding yourself in a community of people who you think you're aligned with and who you think, you know, carry out the grace of, of God only to find that that's not it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's obviously my experience. I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, it's, uh, como se dice bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how you say she, that in Spanish? I don't know, but I was like, how is she about to wrap this up? And I'm like, yep, there it is. <laughs> como se dice bullshit that I I went on a shirt too I'm like really designing clothes on this episode I went through there was a season of my life like right after I left church like intentionally was like met with pastor we're not gonna be here anymore um oh wow I I, showing up (laughs) oh no we had our pastor come sit in our living room and I sobbed my eyes out uh tell me you saged your house after (laughs) no No, the thing, the last church that I went to, um, I actually really loved and respected the pastor a lot. Mm, I thought that he was like, just like when you think about like a pastor, like a shepherd of people, like that was what he was like. Like he was very just like gentle and caring and non-judgmental, but held this like really restrictive theology that I didn't agree with. And when, when Travis and I left the church, like I, we talked with him about like, we tried to go to a small group and, um, I felt like I remembered every single, we split up into guys and girls and the girls group at the end did like prayer requests. You lost me already. I'm just I know. (laughs) So the girls were doing prayer requests and every single person at the table had a prayer request about like wanting to have more of a desire to read their Bible. And it was like, Oh my God. Uh, and it was like seven or eight people. And they're like, I just, you know, I just haven't been in the word. I just like want to get back in the word. And I was oh, like, you haven't felt inclined to read this million year old work. Yeah. And like, at that point I was like, still, I was at that point kind of learning how to connect with God outside of scripture. Like, I'm like, oh, I can go on a walk and that can be holy. Okay. Like maybe I'll do that instead of like sitting down at my table and reading my Bible that I don't want to read. And fair that I think that every person that I know that's left the church, they went through the same thing in some form of like trying to almost justify something that they enjoy as being holy. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I would literally be like, oh, like having time just by myself, that's holy in the eyes of God. And then I was like, what the fuck? No, I'm just living my life. Like, 
Yeah. So I'm yelling. Yeah. But so I told the pastor that, like my experience and how I was like, he was like, I wish, you know, you would have said something like this is like a safe place for you to talk about your doubts. And I was like, look, I believe that you believe that, like, but I do not want to be the only person in a group of people that believes something different than everyone else. Like, I don't feel safe in this community. And I was also exploring my faith and was like, or I was just like questioning everything. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I know what you guys are going to say about my questions. Like, I know Mm -hmm. the answers. I know Mm -hmm. them. I need to hear other people's perspectives, like people that are not in the church. And it was like, it gives you this false sense of community. And I think you reach a point in, you know, the experience experiences that we had where you realize that what you are being given is a false sense of a quote safe space or a false sense of community or a false Mm -hmm. sense of you know like even just how you interact with other people it's like i just felt in my experience towards the end it wasn't genuine people would come to me and be like how are you really and i'd be like well I'm actually Mm. like our pastors got me fucked up because he basically banned, (laughs) you know, us from the church, me and my ex from the church for like having sex. Can you imagine? And it's like, they don't want to hear that. (laughs) You know what Mm. I mean? So it's like this false sense of I'm there for you in my experience. Obviously that's what I'm speaking to this false sense of, um, of community and this false sense of not feeling lonely. I am sure that there are people that would have wanted to hear that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there were, but I was made to believe that there weren't. That's that's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. That's what's so crazy to me. And that's what I find so heartbreaking, um, you know, for like younger me, it sucks. You know, I would call it more, instead of like a, or at least in my experience, instead of a false sense of community, I would call it like a conditional community. Ooh. Like, you belong to the community as long as you believe yes and if you don't then it's like right right i mean that's so interesting because i think in certain circumstances i also felt that but for me it was more like um we are going to not um tend to you or care for you well if you're going through these things until you threaten or mention leaving the church then it's like oh Mm. shit we've really got to give this attention and when i say that i specifically am thinking about an instance where i went to a dear friend or former dear friend of mine really valued her friendship really valued her as a person and it like breaks my heart that we're not friends anymore she was married to our associate pastor at my most recent church or the last church that I, you know, um, consistently attended and, you know, was a part of. And I was sitting with her. I'll never forget. It was a Sunday morning. I escaped the actual uh, service because I was over it. And I went to hang out with her like she was in kids ministry because, of course, she was because whatever. <laughs> Jesus. Um and I was sitting with her like on the ground and her kids were like screaming, crying. And I was just like, oh my, like, but I, I couldn't even focus on that. They were screaming, crying. And I was like, I 
I just like blurted it out to her. This was pre-divorce. I was like, I don't think I want to be married anymore. Mm. And she didn't even like stop and turn to me. She was like still like wrangling her kids. She's like, what do you mean you don't want to be married anymore? Like it was like the most absurd thought. I literally Mm. did not have the opportunity. I reached out to her time and time and time again. She finally reached out to me like after my divorce was in the works. Like after I filed, after all of that. And after I had moved to Colorado, Mm -hmm. she finally reached out and was like, hope you're like, you know, and just inquiring about all of it. And I just remember thinking to myself, this isn't personal, but it's too late. You know, like Mm. it's too late. So this is heavy shit too, man. I know. God, I want to talk about something light and funny. (laughs) <laughs> literally how that's how i go about life oh i'm feeling feelings ah, nope hard feelings that's not joyful funny i don't want to feel hard shit i want life to be fun damn it i live in the hard feelings that is like the only place i feel alive it's not for me it's not for me at all i just want that's to why be happy. I need you right and that's why i probably need you to be grounded and like, yeah. realize like, <laughs> life isn't all sunshine rainbows and fucking good Fuck. dick yeah sunshine oh my gosh oh my gosh okay let's um let's like wrap it up with um some updates on our dating lives can you (laughs) please um tell everyone what happened to you this week sure This this is a good one this is like like sometimes dating stories are like funny. This is like a realistic, this is the shit we're dealing with out here. Like if you're still married you. and you're like looking at our lives and you're like, this must be so fun out there on dating apps. Like sometimes, sure. But most of the time it's what McKinley's about to tell you. I have a married um, male friend and he was like, we were talking today or not today. We were talking earlier this week um, and I store my, my, Mustang, my classic Mustang, like at his storage facilities for classic cars. And we were just catching up and blah, blah, blah. And somehow we got on the topic of dating. And I think that we got on that because when I had dropped my car off with him initially, like to put it in storage at his facility, I was with the guy that I ended up taking to court for stalking. Oh my God. (laughs) And so I was talking to him and I was like, oh, hey, remember that guy that I showed up with to your garage? actually ended up taking him to court. And then we got onto this conversation of the pool is infected. It is muddy. It's disgust the, the dating pool. The it d- is the pool of men. The pool of men. Um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to die saying this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm going to be saying it for so long. I'm just going to die saying it one day. Like I, I'm convinced. Um, but my experience this week, <laughs> Um, basically, do you know, if you're like ever bored with like a friend, you can have them get on Bumble and share their screen with you and you can Bumble with them. It is so fun. Like I highly recommend doing that. Yes. Share your screen to a TV and like have people rate the guys and like, it's so much fun. It's like a whole party. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, so this week I... I made a bumble like last week drunkenly or the week before. I don't fucking remember. It's all a blur. Um, she has and come I, down to our level. <laughs> I also deleted Raya, speaking of which. 
Um, I didn't delete the account. I deleted the app because I'm just over <laughs> yeah, it all. You're like, mm, um, yeah, you're like, it's still like to have that option there, but. <laughs> right. But um, I was like kind of swiping. And I think that every time that I get back on the apps, I'm more and more selective. Hmm. Uh, and so I felt like good about being on it this time because I was like, I'm not just like sad and trying to get laid. You know, I was like, I'm actually like wanting to like be taken out and like wanting to get to know someone and like wanting to do it the quote right way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get on there and I remember I put, um, in my bio, it was like, this is my 767th time on this app. Please make it worth my while. Like (laughs) nothing else about me. That's all I put. (laughs) And it was overwhelming. You're inundated, right? Like whatever. But I matched with this guy he was 28. He's cute. He's like this tall, super cute guy. Nice and smile. He, nice smile. Um, stable job. Seems really smart. Um, we had like great like banter conversation back and forth. So I gave him my number. Well, he texts me like pretty immediately, like within the hour of me giving it to him, which I thought was like a green flag. Um, and he'd asked me like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, you know, I want to take you out. This, and this was, was Wednesday. On Wednesday. And I said, <laughs> right. This was Wednesday. You guys and I started said, texting on Wednesday. We started texting <laughs> on fucking Wednesday. And he goes, What are you doing tomorrow? And I said, Oh, I actually have plans tomorrow night because I did with a friend. And I was like, But what about Friday? Well, he texted me. And I don't know if it just got lost in translation. I don't know what the fuck happened, but we were just talking, you know, whatever. How was your day? Like making jokes, like going back and forth. And it was fun. It was good conversation. And um, at one point, I just said, You know, actually was sitting in the hot tub with said friend that I hung out with instead of him. (laughs) And I texted him and I just said, uh, so what's the plan for tomorrow? Like, what are you thinking? And he goes, I'm actually going to be out of town tomorrow. I'm going to be, he said, you said, also let me know what the plan is for tomorrow. And he said, I'm going out of town tomorrow. I'm so sorry. I thought I told you. I immediately blocked him and unmatched with them on Bumble to make sure that I unmatched and then deleted Bumble because I was like, this is fucking stupid. And I think that I was already starting to get the sense of like, why the fuck am I doing this again? But that just solidified it for me. So. Mm. And I was yep. excited. He forgot to He's tell like, her that he was going Were we going to have a Zoom date? Like, what is he thinking? What, like a FaceTime date? I'm not 17. We have our own money, our own cars, and our own, I just, I can't. I'm over it, dude. Between a 24-year-old telling, like, rejecting me, which that's a whole different Mm. ego hit. Also, I think I can count on one hand how many times I've been rejected in my adult life, and it's like twice, and so that is hard for me. Sorry (laughs) if that sounds bitchy or stupid. I'm sorry. I don't, whatever. This is the reality. Um... But yeah, I was like, holy shit, this guy's not even worth my time. He also, like, not no shade to parents, obviously, but he had a kid, and then he said he was looking for something casual. And in my mind, I don't know if maybe our – I'm sure it's just that our priorities were different. But in my mind, I'm like, those two things don't go together. Maybe you're recently divorced, you have a kid, you're looking for just, like, a hookup, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm never going to know because he's out of town. Because he forgot to tell you he was going out of town. This is my life. Um, Yeah, so how are things going with you, Kel, on the dating front? You know, it's going. 
<laughs> Guys, I'm like talking to, I've been talking to this guy for a while that McKinley hates. <laughs> I don't hate him. I just have hates a very it. strong disdain. But I don't hate anybody, Kelly. Come on. You know, just casual, easy. It's easier than getting on the apps. I'm telling you, once you find something that's easy and works for you, you just stick with it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to throw this very cliche phrase at you. The best things in life that are worth having don't come easy. <sighs> Nothing comes easy. What does that even mean? <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> right? What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had um, I had matched with this guy on Bumble a couple of weeks ago that I was like really excited about, and we were like texting a lot, and he just felt like. Um, like, you don't find guys like this very often. And then he just kind of disappeared. Like, and I've been thinking, should, like, I've been thinking about him this week. I'm like, I know he he's like a, he like travels for work and he had like a bunch of work stuff he was doing. And the last thing I told him was to like, have a great trip. And he was like, thank you. Hope all is well in Colorado. And then I never heard from him. That was on August 1st. I was thinking about him and I'm like, is it thirsty to text him, like to reach out? Because I'm just like, what if something like, you know, I feel like people on dating apps just kind of fizzle out all the time. And it's like, what if that could have been something good? Okay, but, a couple things. Wait, a couple yeah. things, a couple things. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. I don't think the quote, what quote did you, or what did you just say? The guys that you don't come across often. If I'm being yeah. honest, I don't think those guys are going to be on dating apps. There, I said it. I just, mm -hmm. I don't think they are. I think that the guys that you're like, oh shit, like he is unique. Like he really is like worth, you know, putting myself out there for. He's worth, you know, getting to know. He's worth like me getting outside of my comfort zone to get to know him and, and you know, walls fall down and guards are no longer up. Like that kind of guy, I don't think he's going to be on, on mm. Bumble or okay, so where even Ryan. So where Girl, are those guys? I wouldn't know I because I don't leave my them. house. I don't leave my house. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't leave my house. You leave your house all the time. I don't leave my house. Not anymore. Actually, last night, I so I live on the eighth floor of my building. Last night, I took my dog out on like the rooftop because there's like some like outdoorsy area up there. And there were all of these people up there like drinking and hanging out. And they like came and hung out with me and Tucker and like... I actually met a bunch of people last night. I'm like, I should leave my apartment. I feel like more. Tucker, you should. And I feel like Tucker could be a man magnet. He's such a fucking cute little squish muffin. I, I like the idea of switching from online dating to like intentionally going into public to see what happens. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not, I don't want to discourage you. I think that that would be amazing to see and like have success in. I've literally sent guys drinks. Like I've been at lunch with my friend and like I'm having a glass of wine. We're eating, we're catching up, whatever. And I've seen a cute guy across the restaurant and sent him a beer and it still fizzled out. Mm. It's like, I just feel like I'm at the end of my fucking wits, at the end of my rope, at the end of all of it. And I'm starting to become okay with it, but it's very slow, it's a slow process. So you're telling me there's no hope online or IRL? There is hope, but it's only like, probably 11%. Okay. So circling back to this guy, should I reach out to him or just let it go? My thing's like, yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. Unless he is like, my thing. Okay. 
<laughs> I feel like standards have very much shifted in the past several years for me. And I, I have seen it, you know, firsthand with some other girlfriends of mine. That being said, I found myself describing a guy recently to a friend and I was saying, he seems normal. Like when the fuck did that become the standard? But well, I also want to encourage it's on you to be the like, list. the checklist. Right? Yeah. She's <laughs> normal. Number one, just normal, like whatever. Um, so as much as I hate to say it, it is reality. If he seems normal, I think you should reach out to him. Okay. <laughs> and that's kind of what I mean by like, I don't come across yeah. this very often. <laughs> right. Like if he, um, yeah, if he seems normal. It's a catch. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to okay, just put myself out there and text him and I will update y'all next week. Yeah. Yeah. Please let us know. Cause I just, maybe let us know what worked and what didn't. Maybe like do a couple of like tests on him. What do you mean? No, I'm just, just like test different messages and be like, okay, this was more successful than the, I don't know. I'm at a loss. <laughs> like a I'm like trying to. Right. Or like a dating strategy when I'm like, there's no, there's no strategy. There's no strategy. <laughs> my oh mind. my God. Well, What's let's hope do? next week's better. This was a rough week for both of us. I know. I'm just like, what the actual hell is going on? Like, what more can I do? You know, whatever. It's One day, day by day. Time. One, One day, day at a time. time. Maybe this time next week, we will both have had dates. <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath, but either way, thank you all for tuning in to yet another episode of Black and White. Um, you can find us every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.